0: This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life, combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here, live out of the studios in Palm Springs, where it's hot. My goodness, it's hot. (laughs) So thank you for taking time out of your day. And wherever you are, hopefully it's not as hot where you are, um, but hopefully you are taking advantage of um, getting some outside time, even at night. uh, I walk after dinner, although I don't know if I'm going to do that here because it's still over hundred well over 100 degrees after dinner when I'm done with dinner. Uh, but a walk after dinner is really good for digestion and great for help, helping to uh, helping you digest your meal so that you can have better sleep at night and so on and so forth. So that's your little health tip. Um, walking in the evenings after dinner, although the low here in Palm Springs I think tonight at two or three in the morning will be in the er, in the low 90s. Uh, It'll definitely still be 110 degrees or or hotter when I'm done with my dinner. So I don't know about that. Uh, In this hour of Tate Talks, I'll be speaking with an American police officer about Black Lives Matter movement from an officer's perspective. As well as shedding some light and truth behind the police brutality and the spin that the media has been doing to ignite what's become one of the most controversial times in our history. Also, this hour, we focus on world peace through inner peace, as I lead you through a guided meditation in my Empty Your Cup segment. I have my lifelong best friend, uh, best man at my wedding, one of the best people that I know, Uh, Scott, on the phone with me. He grew up in Phoenix, uh, in Tempe, actually, area where we went to school together growing up as kids. Uh, He attended Arizona State University. He's an occasional real estate investor. He has lived in San Diego, New York City, Hawaii. He's a raw food chef. Uh, He's been a raw food chef in New York and in Hawaii and other various health cafes around the world, um, he's traveled to over 38 different countries and he has done things that are on a bucket list. Uh, some of them are on my bucket list, such as swimming with sharks. I haven't done that yet. But things like bungee jumping, which is not on my list, <laughs> windsurfing, parasailing, sca- uh, scuba diving, and running with the bulls in Spain. He is a p- uh, patrol officer, police patrol officer, and he started his career later in his life, actually, I think he started uh, as a police patrol officer um, in his in his early 40s, late 30s. And so I want to introduce, um, he's wise, he's compassionate, he's caring, he's kind, he's fair, and I trust him with my life. Not only is he my best friend of more than 30 years, but he's also a police officer. And I'd like to talk a little bit about this Black Lives Matter movement uh, with him and also the police brutality issues and topics as well. So, Scott, are you down? Oh, yeah. I'll talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and my brother also, we kind of have like a trio, a best friends trio. Uh, my younger brother and Scott and I, the three of us, kind of grew up causing trouble together. <laughs> and so – Yeah. <laughs> um, my brother has been a police officer for more than 18 years and i know that you scott and my brother uh, talk often uh, about these things and what's going on and plus you work with people who've been in uh, law enforcement for decades so so what's what's up with black lives matter from a police officer's perspective what what insight can you share
2: well, first of all, anybody that's interested in it, you know, really needs to do their homework and their their research, just particularly on uh, specific incidents. You know, um, anytime you hear about um, a, a police involvement in the news with a, a black person and the person was shot or whatever, uh, the news is always trying to get a, a reaction out of you. They don't they don't tell the complete story because if they did, then you wouldn't be outraged. And so it's good to. Uh, listen to several news sources, uh, do your homework and get the complete story uh, because, you know, uh, police officers are, are, are logical people. They've sworn sworn to uphold the law. Um, they have to logically explain why they, they did what they did within the laws and their own department policies. And uh, usually there's a very good uh, rational uh, reason for why they did what they did. And uh, the news is going to try to um, undermine that. Uh, and sensationalize it to, to cause outrage. And so I first thing is I invite everybody to um, take a deep breath whenever they hear something on the news and and give it a couple of days, do their own research, and then make up their own decisions. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, with uh, Black Lives Matter, um, they're not asking for, for anything more. They're just asking for equality. And uh, one of the arguments that I hear is people today say, hey, I, I wasn't alive when there was slavery. You know, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. I'm I'm not responsible for that. That was the people before me. But, you know, that culture in America uh, is not as well off as other cultures because they've been placed at a disadvantage in in the past. And it takes generations to catch up, and they haven't caught up yet. Uh, I'm making general statements here. And that is going to affect their decisions that they make in life. You know, and I believe that if um, other cultures and races were put in the same position, they'd be making the, the same decisions. And it, it has to do more with uh, a socioeconomic problem that if, um, you know, you're in an area uh, anywhere in the country and the majority of, of, of poor people, if they are black uh, and they are more likely to get involved with uh, crimes, and they're going to have more interactions with the police. Right. And that that has nothing to do with the color of somebody's skin, you know. If you go to a part of the country and white people were the minority and they were poor, they're more likely going to be taking risks and chances that might have them have more involvements with the police, right? And it's 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 going to be disproportionate, you know. Right. And yeah. So police officers, we we only care about enforcing the law. When, when we're going around, we're, we don't care about. the the color of people's skin, you know, it's, uh, we, we've seen all types and all ages, men, women, everybody do things that we we can't believe. And they do things outside of their stereotype. And we always just have to take a situation as it is. And if we start making assumptions, things backfire quickly. So you just have to be fair every time you show up on scene Well, and
1: certainly there is racism, even among police officers, Uh, you know, certainly that exists, because it's a human condition. And it's an unfortunate side of a human condition. However, what you have to go through to say when you when you start and you say, okay, I want to become a police officer, between that moment, and the time that you put on a uniform and a badge, and you're, you know, you're carry a lethal firearm. There is a whole lot that has to happen <laughs> between those two <laughs> yeah. moments in time. And for anyone listening right now, I'm talking to my best friend of thirty plus years. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about police officers and this sickness that's happening uh, in the world today that's and I love the spotlight that's being put on this, um, this whole issue, and it's finally getting more attention. And I know Scott. Um, as well as I know myself and we're both very passionate about this but tell me in, in just a few minutes what happens from the moment a person says I want to become a police officer to actually becoming a police officer and having a, an, a duty to uphold the law and carry a lethal firearm
2: well you're your entire background, your entire history is is scrutinized. Um, I remember even one of the questions I got asked was, uh, tell us about all the crimes that you committed that you weren't caught for. You know, they want to know everything. Uh, they talk to your family, your friends. Um, they dig into every part of your past. Like your, your personal privacy is gone. And one of the things that they're heavily screening for is discrimination because uh, n- nothing will get you fired faster than violating someone's civil rights or their constitutional rights and the departments, they do not want to get sued. And they want to see, Hey, is this officer going to be fair to the public and not discriminate on race, color, gender, any of that? Uh, Cause if they do, then we're going to get sued. So they want to make sure that people are, that they hire are, um, are being fair. And, and you're also right that people are going to have their own personal experiences and their personal biases. Uh, and the majority of the time, uh they they don't bring those into the uh into the professional space. They can separate those with you know their personal lives but when they, they show up on scene uh even today with body cameras which are amazing like every department should have body cameras is that you know they're gonna be professional, they're gonna treat everybody fairly and then officers on scene watching what they're doing and keeping them in check and making sure that, you know, they're not discriminating as well. So uh uh-huh. It's just that uh, you know any place you are in America, where if the majority of of, of criminals are are white, black, Hispanic, or whatever, then it's it, unfortunately that's what you're going to key upon more because that's that's what you're dealing with more on a, on a daily right. basis. And so yeah, and that's yeah, that just that could be anywhere, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I I just want to say, and on behalf of millions of people in America thank you for your service. As a police officer, my brother as well, uh, and all police officers in this country, I've gone on countless ride-alongs with my brother uh, in the streets of Phoenix, and I've seen that side. It's a, it's a completely different world that is is almost like a subculture, living and working mm-hmm. among crime. And it's not easy, and it's not for everyone, um, just like being a kinder, uh, kindergarten teacher, it's not for everyone, right? You've got to have, <laughs> right. you really have to have the right mindset, the right body for it. I don't know, like not body, but just like you have to have it in your body. You have to have it. Um, it has to be, you have to be born with this ability to do this and go through a substantial amount of training and experience. A lot of and, training, uh, yeah. being immersed in the culture. So, I respect you so much for what you do out there in protecting and serving uh, and upholding the law and protecting the public. And I can't imagine a society and a country without a strong law enforcement. Uh, And I do believe that there needs to be a lot more training. And I do believe that everyone should go through and become uh, mental health first aid certified, just like I am. Mental health is huge yeah. and you're running into situations of mental health on a regular basis out there on the streets all the time. I've worked with homeless people really? uh, here in the Coachella Valley with uh, with doctors as we provide health care and triage care for homeless people and these are these are human beings, these are people with stories and lives and families in many cases. I met somebody who was a college graduate who was homeless living on the street and, and he just fell on hard times. And so mental health is a huge aspect of this, which is a perfect segue <laughs> because still to come on Tate Talks is the weekly meditation and more about how our current events have kind of lit the torch, signaling us that it's time for a change and we are ready for this change. Stay right here on Tate Talks.
0: From Palm Springs, California, iHub Radio presents inspirational conversation to help you on the path to vitality. Health and wellness conversation is front and center on Tate Talks with Jason Tate. Here's Jason.
1: This is Jason, and you are listening to Tate Talks on this beautiful day. Uh, Nice and hot where I'm at, and hopefully it's a nice summer day for you as well. I have my lifelong best friend, Scott, uh, on the call with me, and we're talking about Black Lives Matter, but we're also talking about police and law enforcement, and the subject of police brutality, and so on and so forth. And uh, Scott brought up something really important um, in this last segment, where he shared that news and media outlets try to, well, they like to sell time, and they want to capture you as an audience. And so they'll show bits and pieces of for example, police officers clearing the streets with smoke and tear gas and you know, shooting rubber bullets, if they are, and so on and so forth, as a way to clear the streets. And now I know from having two very close people in my life, my brother and my best friend being in law enforcement, this isn't the way. This isn't how police officers, they don't just roll up in vans and pop out and start clearing out the streets. My brother... Uh, works in Phoenix and they're still having to work uh, riots and all the or peaceful protests, not riots. So there's protests still happening in Phoenix on a daily basis. And in the beginning, it was, you know, he ne- they never got into a situation where it was uh, like some of the other parts of the country, but thankfully. And he said, you know, we tell people about their curfew three hours before. And every half hour, we tell, okay, you've got to get off the streets. Curfew is coming. You have to get off the streets. Curfew is coming. And people stick around for three hours. And even a half hour after the curfew is in effect, that's when they start having to make arrests because people are clearly not following the law. And, you know, what they don't show on the news is all of that leads up before they have to start clearing the streets everything that happens before then in police officers doing their job. So uh, do you concur with this, Scott? what's your experience uh, being a police officer uh, with that statement?
2: Well you know another term for a police officer is peace officer and uh, one of our jobs is whenever we go to a scene is to immediately deescalate. Um, You know, our our job is never to escalate what's going on. It's always to calm everyone down uh, to make the scene safe. And, uh, you know, we took an oath to follow the laws and we don't even necessarily agree with every law that we enforce. Sometimes we have to enforce a law. We're just like, yeah, I don't really agree with this. But, you know, (laughs) I still have to I still have to enforce it. I still have to I still have to do my job, you know. And so where I live, you know, we have protests and I might even agree with the protesters. Uh, but with our current society, we have rules on how to protest, and that's a constitutional right, and people have to abide by those rules for peaceful protesting. And, you know, if uh, certain agitators are going to act up or, or cause problems, then, you know, we, we have to keep the, the streets safe and ourselves safe, and we're going to do what it takes, you know, in order to do that, and that might be to have everybody go home because – you know if a thousand people get out of control maybe the, the department can't handle that all at once and yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah the, the news is the news is gonna show the worst part of it and they're not going to show the
1: they're not going show the lead up yeah yeah so be careful and, and like Scott said previously you know when you see something on the news take a breath <laughs> uh, do your research find out and, and speak to police officers get to know them they're tremendously amazing human beings and individuals and they go home to their families at night, just like everyone else. And they are truly peace officers in this country. I really like that statement, by the way, Scott, so thank you for sharing that. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have a chance to uh, have you back after the meditation. So I'm I'm letting you know that right now we're on a, in this next segment here, we're going to lead into a meditation. And the purpose the goal of this meditation is peace inner peace and so i'm going to kind of guide us through and in order to set yourself up and prepare yourself for this uh, meditation i need you to find a nice quiet place to in your home uh, to sit down or to even lie down and listen to me during this meditation as we focus on peace john I'm checking in with you. Can I get Scott back right after I do the meditation for the closing segment? Is that all right? Yeah. All right, John. I appreciate that. So um, when you find a nice quiet place in your home to do this meditation, if you can, I do highly recommend that you lie down um, in and really best is if you can put some headphones on actually and hear my voice as I guide you through the meditation and the music that John uh, Station Manager is providing for us as well so our peace comes from within and it's so incredibly important to know that this is the genesis this is the beginning of our peace it has to come from within and once we have peace within then We feel and we exhibit and we exude this peace and we share this peace without outside of our bodies as well. So coming up next, this week's meditation where I am focusing on this inner peace through breathing and relaxation techniques, things that you can take with you and use any time of the day, and I recommend you use them every day. And listen to this show over and over again if you want uh, so that you can get the meditation. So that's what's coming up next. Stay right there. You don't want to miss this part.
0: Talks continues on iHub Radio with iHub Radio wellness expert, Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here, live out of the studio here in Palm Springs, California. Thank you for listening to Tate Talks. You can find Tate Talks, uh, find me on Facebook, Jason Tate. You can also find my Tate Talks on Instagram at tatetalks.radio where I can post links there, I have recipes. And of course here at iHubRadio.com, you can listen to Tate Talks. We re-air the show on Sunday if you missed any part of the earlier show. And we're on Spotify, we're on TuneIn, we're on iTunes. And you can catch these meditations and these interviews and my guests all there. So just wanted to remind you that uh, you can access Tate Talks anytime. What I'm going to do now is lead you into my empty your cup segment, which is our mindfulness, mindfulness piece. And I want to share with you a quote from the Dalai Lama that says world peace begins with inner peace. So simple, so short and brief, but it speaks so much. The truth world peace begins with inner peace. So I would like to invite you now to get to a comfortable uh, seated position or lying down. Obviously, if you're driving a car, this is not the time to do the meditation, but it's, you know, focus on your driving, but still you can feel the effects uh, of this peaceful breathing right now. Um, So with your feet flat on the floor, allow your arms to just kind of rest in your lap. If you're lying down, just lie prostrate lying on your back. I'll invite you to close your eyes and just keep in mind that if you are not an experienced meditator, that's okay. Um, everyone starts somewhere and also keep in mind that, you know, people that cook foods, if you're cooking in the kitchen, as long as you have all the ingredients, And as long as you have a recipe that is very detailed and has great directions and instructions, everyone can do this. And the same is with meditation. So let me be your guide. And all you have to do is listen. Follow along with my voice. Follow along with the music and focus on your breath. Everyone can do this. Something to keep in mind as you sit there or lie there now with your eyes closed before I begin with the breathing is thoughts may come. You might hear other sounds, you might hear distracting things and you might have distracting thoughts. That's okay, that's perfectly normal. Let them come and let them go. Just kind of let them pass by like a gentle breeze. Don't pay attention to them, don't focus on them, just let them go. We're going to be breathing here. We'll be breathing in for four seconds, holding the breath and exhaling for six seconds. I'll do this several times in our breathing and relaxation. And we'll begin now. Breathing in for one, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling, one, two, three, four, five six. In for one, two, three, four, hold. And exhaling one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold. exhaling one, two, three, four, five, six in for one, two, three, four, hold exhaling. One, two, three, four, five, six, continue breathing. Relax, counting on your own if you want, in for four, or just finding your own natural gentle rhythm, exhaling longer than inhaling. Allow yourself to become relaxed, feeling a warmth and relaxation moving down across the top of your head, down behind your head, along your neck and thinking these thoughts that your neck is becoming your head and neck are becoming a little warmer, a little heavier, allowing this peace and warmth and relaxation to moving down into your shoulders, down along your arms. I want you to repeat this phrase in your mind after me. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. Moving down into your legs now repeating the phrase after me. My legs are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My legs are warm and heavy. I am at peace. Fully allowing your body now to be warm and heavy. Not a care or a concern in the world. If any thoughts come at this time, let them come and let them go. You're just taking a few moments. This is your time your self care. I want you to imagine this glowing energy, some kind of a light somewhere in your chest region, just a really soft glow. I want you to think about this soft glow of light think about what color it is. For Each person it might be a little different. What color of a soft glowing light do you have? No judgment. Don't even think about why. Just let it be. Accept this soft glowing light and allow it to glow and shine across your body. I want you to also understand that this light reaches beyond your body. This glowing soft light offering a gentle warmth and a measure of peace. This is you. This is your light. Do not be afraid to let your light shine, to let your light glow. And in doing so, by letting your glowing light to shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Letting their light shine, knowing that within every one of us is the capacity for love, is the capacity for peace, is the capacity for gratitude and joy, every single one of us. Taking a moment to enjoy and bask in your peace, in your joy, basking in your own love, accepting who you are, loving yourself, accepting you for wherever you are in your journey. Taking a moment now, we'll take a couple of deep breaths as we gently transition and you bring this peace and loving joy with you. Breathing in through your nose, nice deep breath, long slow exhale. One more time, nice big deep breath in through our nose, long slow exhale. And as you're exhaling, gently letting your eyelids rise and coming back into this conscious state of awareness. Welcome back. This breathing technique that I call the four six breathing technique is something that you can use anytime. It helps you to concentrate the most valuable resource uh, that we get into our bodies, which is oxygen, and allows us, us to control our heart rate, control our blood pressure, control our um, our stress levels. Or the, Cortisol is the hormone of stress released by the adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys and when we're in a constant state of chronic stress, we have cortisol throughout our body. This breathing technique, engaging the parasympathetic of the nervous system, which is basically shutting down this whole fight-or-flight response that we have, is how we manage our stress. Exercise is great, yoga is great, Tai Chi, Qigong, reading a book, going for a walk, being outside in nature. These are all great techniques to managing stress. But this one here, this breathing technique, you can use anywhere, anytime. Thank you for joining me on this, and I truly hope that you feel refreshed, energized, and feel wonderful right now. still to come. Staying right here as I wrap up this week's show. Uh, I'll get my best friend back on the line and we'll share something special and profound uh, as we wrap up my show coming back after a few months of hiatus. So I'm excited to share this time with you and I'm grateful that you're here. Stay right there.
0: to prevent, or even reverse many of the chronic diseases that plague society today, you're in the right place. Now, here's Jason Tate.
1: Jason Tate here, live out of the studio here in Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it here with me. I am a functional medicine certified health coach. I work here in the Coachella Valley as a functional medicine health coach with Restore Health. And also by day, (laughs) I I teach high school students. I have 250 high school students right now that I am teaching uh, remotely from the comfort of my chair at home uh, in my office through the computer. And I can't even imagine going through this COVID-19 coronavirus crisis and pandemic Without technology uh, and how we would be able to continue to do what we do. Um, As much as I love the teaching profession and connecting with students and meeting them face to face and being with them, and I miss it tremendously, I am, however, grateful (laughs) that I still get to connect with my students and that I still get to do my job. Uh, and reach out and educate and inform and work with these youth and the the young people. So I teach at a local high school here in the Coachella Valley and I teach nutrition, uh, I teach mindfulness and I teach physical fitness education. I'm not a PE teacher, but I do teach students who wish to go into healthcare fields. So I teach pre-med students in high school and the meditation that I just did with you uh, is a unique one. I've never done the one with the the glowing light energy. Um, I kind of, when I do a meditation and I do them with my students, I, I feel the energy of kind of what is needed at the time and with peace and offering peace to others and seeing the peace that all people carry with them. It just felt like that was the right meditation. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that you had an opportunity to uh, be part of that meditation. If not, you can definitely catch my shows on iTunes and Spotify and tune in. And of course, here uh, at iHubRadio.com. I want to take this last uh, moment here to offer my gratitude and a special thanks to my best friend, who was here on the show with me, my my comeback show He's back. <laughs> for these past uh, for the last two hours. Uh, Scott has been a an inspirational person in my life, and I'm incredibly grateful. So Scott, uh, final closing words. What if if you had an audience of thousands, and you had just a couple of minutes to impart uh, your wisdom and knowledge of uh, wellness? Let's just call it that. Uh, what would you say?
2: Well, that's a little intimidating uh, setup there. But I will say <laughs> that, uh, You're welcome. First of all, I, I want to <laughs> say thank you for being. Thank you for having me on the show today. You're so amazing. You have such an incredible show and that, uh, hopefully I've uh, had a chance to challenge your listeners today with, um, uh, learning more about and exploring, uh, the tremendous benefits of of going raw vegan and, uh, trying a delicious new soup to help them get them there with the, uh, coconut orgasm soup. Uh, it's such a fun uh, conversation starter and fun at parties. Uh, (laughs) hopefully, uh, you know, they've, uh, been challenged and, you know, everyone else has been challenged no matter how much they know about health and nutrition to, uh, try auto and, uh, the incredible benefits of that. And, uh, you know, and always for everyone just to take a nice, uh, slow, deep breath before, uh, you know, they react to anything on the news and all that sensationalism. And, exactly. that, um, yeah, uh, a lot of, uh, people in the country may be trying to divide us, but, uh we're really all, all are Americans and everyone's pretty much a, a good, decent person at heart. And we really need to uh, remember that when we're, we're dealing with each other and, uh, and people have their good days and they're not so good days. And so, yeah, things are, things are definitely in, in improving and uh, everyone just really needs to be kind of like a scientist and turn over every rock and, and dig deep to, to get the truth and the answers that will benefit them the most. and, and therefore society. And uh, your show is a great place to go for that, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> we definitely hit all the topics, that's for sure. Um, and again, that journey of self. Um, and, you know, with that in mind, I there was a time where I wanted to save the world from climate change. And mm. I you know, I worked really hard at that as a teacher, as a biology teacher to inspire young people to take care of the planet. And it was a mission of mine. And I kept banging my head against the wall with adults on this topic. And I realized that saving the world was too big uh, for people's limited vision. And I had to start from within. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I started teaching nutrition and making healthier choices because once you start making healthier choices for your body, you're inherently making healthier choices for the planet. And in doing so, I still get to save the world uh, by inspiring people to make healthier choices for themselves and uh, save people at the same time. So I feel like um, that's a win-win situation. I, you
2: so, know, I completely agree. And you know, you're inspiring. Countless uh, people in your daily lives, and all the listeners, and uh, definitely making the world a better place. Uh, the world's a better place because you're in it, Jason. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And, and I
1: and I'm I'll say the yourself. same thing about you and the people of the law enforcement. Uh, Scott's a police officer. My brother is a police officer of uh, almost two decades now, and uh, law enforcement across the country. There are remarkable, incredible people. And again, like you said, be a scientist, turn over every rock, um, and don't don't judge and don't criticize until you walk in their shoes. Um, I think yeah. if anyone were to come to me and say, you know, yeah, all, all cops are, are this or all cops are that and make negative statements, I would say, you know what? You should do a ride-along with one just to kind of see what exactly. it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, exactly. before you <laughs> criticize, before you judge. You got to walk in the shoes. And uh, you know, it's possible for people, the public. I mean, you've got to go through some some hoops, but I think it would be a an eye-opening experience. In fact, I know it would be because I've done it many times, and it always is an eye-opening experience. So it's um it's truly amazing. We live in this time now that is an opportunity. And We need to take advantage of this opportunity to be together stronger. Tate Talks is here at iHub Radio every Saturday and on all major podcasts to provide current up-to-date information with regard to health and wellness to inform and inspire you to make the, the rest of your life the best of your life. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.